Friday. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Thanks for starting your Friday with us. Get you ready for the weekend. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Black Trey, Anthony Mays, Rob Lopez pushing buttons. Coming up on the show today, Tony Jones of The Athletic talks some jazz with me. The Lakers blow a huge lead, and the Clippers remain the best team in the West. But first, guys, Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard is everything you could hope for and more. Maybe it's even a preview of the NBA Finals if the Raptors can find a way past my Bucks. Raptors 131, Warriors 128 in overtime. What a ridiculous game. Raptors had the biggest lead of 18 in this game, but the Warriors fought back. Kevin Durant, 51 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. What a ridiculous flurry at the end of regulation to force overtime. Black Trey, Anthony Mays, I'll start with you, Trey. Uh, KD in this game, was I just don't know how he plays any better than this. Uh, Man, I would just say, man, he dumbed out. But, I mean... We all know that he's an elite scorer. Um, he got challenged, you know, Drake poking at him a little bit and then just getting fired up and just one, you know, accepting the challenge. Um, we didn't get a li- we didn't get the one-on-one NBA Twitter matchup like we wanted until the end of the game where Kawhi Leonard started to pick up uh, Kevin Durant towards the last three minutes of the game and then the rest of the overtime. Uh, but it was exciting uh, watching KD wield this team back to, you know, a possible victory. And um, I said to myself, he was on pace to go to 50. I mean, even though he didn't reach it during regulation, this man was a madman getting any shot he really wanted. And I mean, you know, this is the KD that we've enjoyed watching over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And and May is quiet. Wasn't too bad either. 37 points, eight rebounds, three assists. Uh, He matched him. He had a, he had a, very uh, poor game or poor possession at the end of regulation. But for the most part, he was able to match KD a lot down the stretch. Yeah, at the end there, he didn't shoot the ball for like the first time out of the ISO, which is a little strange. Yeah, he was almost pulling like a J.R. Smith, didn't know how much time was left on the clock situation. But uh, <laughs> they, they figured it out in overtime, and uh, it was it was really fun to watch them go at each other. KD was really embracing uh, the, the one-on-one matchups, and he was going right at Kawhi. And then uh, he, he insisted on guarding Kawhi a couple times. Uh, I, I thought KD, like for a second there, I thought he was going to go to the bucket and he didn't realize that they were down three, but then he did that awesome little feel, peel out to the corner and drain that crazy shot to oh, tie the game. It was, so it was just, it was just so much fun. Yeah. Ridiculous shot. Looked over at the bench. Here's the rent. 10 seconds. Goes to the corner. The feet of three. And it hits to tie it up. Kevin Durant dribbling into the corner to look for the tying shot. And he does just that. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry had uh, 10 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds, had some clamps at the end of overtime. Uh, Siakam had 26 points. He was huge. Clay Thompson with 23, but then the only w- other warrior to show up was Jones Jerebko. We get Steph Curry back on Saturday. Trey, uh, a much needed return. And I'm guessing when Steph comes back, Draymond's toe will feel a lot better. He'll come back too. I'm not sure about Draymond, but I think Steph will be back. And I think maybe uh, McKinney will be back as well. He's trying to keep that plus minus still going. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm excited, dude. I miss Steph. Honestly, you know, the Warriors haven't been the funnest team to watch, but when Steph's on the floor, they're out there having a ball and, 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 uh, Kevin Durant looks a little bit more inspired and probably disrespected. I'm pretty sure he's watching from one of his burners, how the, how NBA uh, Twitter has been talking about him. Killing him. And, and Mays, the Raptors. Got the best record in basketball, 19 and four. Now they, you know, we've, we've seen this before from the Raptors with a hot start, but this one just feels different. 
Yeah, this, they they started so hot. Siakam, I think, made his first seven or eight shots. It just looked like he couldn't miss, and they they really look like a number one seed. And this was a game that uh, they tried for it's for a second there. It looked like they were going to try to to blow it, but because they were just like passing the ball around, bricking threes. But they pulled it out in overtime, and yeah, they're the number one seed. And I think the the big thing for the Raptors is just to maintain, 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 because now that they have Kawhi instead of DeMar DeRozan, no disrespect to DeMar DeRozan, but having Kawhi, having one of the best players in the world there, I think you want that home court advantage more now than ever with Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, hopefully getting back on track. And and Trey, if, if you have to go up north and you got to play this Raptors team with Kawhi, it's just going to be a little bit different in the playoffs. Look, man, I love OG. I love Siakam, dude. Those two can switch off. They're the X factors of this team. And then Ibaka, the mid-range, man, he can feed a country off of that off that jump shot alone. And the depth, man. I mean, Danny Green can shoot again. You know, he looks at you. Yeah, healthy. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what happened. Ones. How did that even happen? I don't know, man. He's back, though. Danny Green's. Hey. this is NBA Finals Danny Green. He's back, and the, the Raptors look really good. All right, guys, it's the end of the week, which means Monday and Tuesday you can sign up for the FanDuel back-to-back Wednesday challenge. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. That's B, the number two, B again. You sign up. You put $5 in your account. FanDuel is going to match that with $5, and then you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. The winner, you get to come on the mailbag. You get to talk with us. You get to ask questions. You get to answer questions. You get to be a part of the show that you love so much. So go to FanDuel.com slash B2B and join us for the Wednesday night challenge. All right, for five minutes with an expert, we need an expert. And so I wanted to talk to Tony Jones, my guy from The Athletic, covers Utah Jazz, best in the business of covering the Utah Jazz, knows his team inside and out. Tony, first and foremost, have you ever played with a shooter as good as me? Um, No, I've never played with a shooter <laughs> as good as you. And the check is in the mail. And the check's in the mail. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page here. Uh, speaking of shooters, Utah Jazz, been terrible at shooting the ball this year. I believe they're 28th in three-point percentage. They go out and try to remedy that by trading Alec Burks and two second-round picks for Kyle Korver. Uh, I like the move personally. What did you think of the move? Did you expect them to make a move this early in the season? And, and where do you think it puts them? I thought that they would. I thought that they would wait a little bit longer uh, to to make a move. Typically, when Dennis Lindsay makes moves, um, he you know waits till closer to the deadline. Um, but you know it, it's. I, Obviously, the move fills a need, and you know the Jazz have not been good at shooting the basketball, and they need to become better at shooting the basketball because you know that's the lifeblood of of their offense. Quinn Snyder's offense is designed to get dunks at the rim and and open looks from the three point line, and if they're not making uh, those open looks, uh, then the offense is basically dead on the rifle. So. Um, and that sense, Kyle Corver is a, a really good move, and it'll be it, it will be uh, it, it it opens up a number of possibilities for the Jazz as to the point where you can play Kyle Corver and, and Joe Ingles in, in, in the same lineups with Donovan Mitchell, and that'll help the spacing because you know I think more important than Kyle Corver's shooting uh, is the gravity that he's going to. To, to help Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles and, and Ricky Rubio with. I mean, he still has tremendous gravity even at 37 years old. And I think that that part uh, is just as important as the actual shooting 
and actual making three pointers. Yeah, I think that that's a great point because I, I think that we look at we look at this Jazz team and and obviously they're struggling offensively. Defensively, they haven't been the same that they were in the past. I think they're still, you know, adjusting to that that freedom of movement emphasis and, and trying to figure out ways to make that a consistent part of their game, which is which has got to be alarming for them because they've been such an elite defensive team. But when the offense is struggling the way it has, especially with the shots, that just it puts more on Donovan Mitchell, right? It puts more pressure on him to create. It's too much. Uh, not running their offense and too much. Hey, Donovan, come bail us out. And at a certain point, you got to be worried about him, you know, wearing down in that kind of role. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you notice something about what Donovan's been encountering this year, he's encountering a lot of teams that are crowding. Um, you know, he gets into the lane, and and that weak side guy is crashing because they're not afraid of of the Jazz shooting uh, beyond beyond the arc. And and that's where Kyle Korver helps. I mean, you know, if 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 you're running a pick and roll to Kyle Korver's side, and Kyle Korver is spotted up in the corner, well, guess what? You're playing two on two basketball because the the weak side guy is not going to crash uh, and 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 try to try to you know clog up the the, the lane. So, you know, I think that um, I think that in a large part. Defensively, I think that the Jazz offense has not helped its defense out as yeah. uh, it has in the past. And, you know, I think that they're hoping that, that more made shots um, and more of that transition and more of, you know, the Jazz having teams having to try to score uh, in the half court against the Jazz is going to equal a better defense. So I think that this move um, has both. Puts in mind. Tony, do you, what do you think the Jazz's mentality is? Because myself, uh, I know Amin El Hassan, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but enough people were, were kind of saying, like, look, this could be the two seed in the West, right? They came into this year with a lot of expectations they did not have last season. And, and I wouldn't say they've, I don't know if it's not handling expectations well or just not playing well, but where do you think this team is mentally? I think they're fine mentally. I think they realize that they're not playing well. Um, I think that every aspiration that they have that they had uh, before the season started, I think they still think that they can, can reach that aspiration. And I think that there's a level of realism to, to the schedule that the Jazz are playing right now. They're in the midst of a stretch of playing 14 consecutive games in 14 different cities. And it, it's just almost impossible to play good, consistent basketball uh, with that kind of a schedule. So I think that the Jazz knew that there was going to be um, that there were going to be a, a few struggles with the schedule that they have now. Now, in the second half of the season, the schedule lightens up a ton, and you know if the Jazz are playing well, they'll 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 be able to take advantage of that schedule. Now, I think where the the concern with the Jazz are is that they're getting 40 peaks and 50 peaks and and 30 peaks, right. and and that's where the concern was. Um, but you know, I think that you know if I think that if they were losing these games, but they were losing, you know, by one possession, two or two, two possessions, uh, I think that there, there wouldn't, there would be next to little panicking. Uh, I think that the, the 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 disappointment is that they haven't been competitive in some of these games, and I think that that's what they want want to remedy more than anything. Do you? Uh, one last question for you. Do you, on a way, like, do you kind of feel 
a little bad for Alec Burks because it seemed like he he was having a really nice role for this team. He was shooting the ball well. Um, he's been around this team for a long time. I kind of feel bad that he now has to go to Cleveland and and be a part of whatever that is going to be, at least for the rest of the season, before he can find a new home. Well, it's going to be interesting to see him wrestle for the ball with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see he's going to have – like he was in – you know, for the last two or three years, he's been in playing time battle with Rodney Hood. Now he's, he's back in that same playing time battle. Um, you know, I think that he's going to a better system for him. Um, I think that he, you know, if, if it works out, he'll get more shots and more minutes. He's not going to win as much. But, you know, I think in a vacuum, I think if you took out where he was traded, the situation that he's traded to, I think that, you know, Alec was ready to move on. And I think the Jazz were ready to, frankly, ready to move on from him. You know, it was a marriage that just wasn't going to work. I mean, you know, um, he, it was a system that he's redundant to Donovan Mitchell in. And he's not going to get the ball over Donovan Mitchell. And he's not going to get minutes over Donovan Mitchell. You know, so I, I think that in, in, a, in a vacuum, I think that he was, he welcomes the change of scenery. Um and I think that he's going to welcome the new system. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he does. I wouldn't be shocked if he does well in Cleveland. Uh, but I also think that you know he's going to a, a, a situation, a locker room situation in Cleveland where it's kind of every man for him, for himself, and that's going to be different than what than what he's been in. Absolutely. Read him on The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash NBA trial. Keep us both employed. You get it for $3.49 a month right now if you sign up for a year. Tony Jones, thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Saturday, March 2nd at the Middle East in Boston. Tickets are on sale to the general public. If you were hoping for a VIP ticket, they are sold out, but maybe you can find one for resale in our Discord. But general admission is available. Get your tickets soon because they will go fast. The New York show that we had in October, that sold out two and a half months in advance. The LA show that's coming out in January, that sold out three months in advance. We've got a few months until this Boston show, but tickets won't be available for long. So go to Count the Dings Twitter account, go to Jade Hoy's Twitter account, and get those tickets. All right, guys, other games from tonight. We just had two other games. The Lakers 104, Pacers 96. I was in the building for this one. Victor Oladipo missed the game. Nate McMillan says he wants him to go through a full practice before returning. The Lakers had a 24-point lead in the first half. The Pacers took the lead in the third quarter, but the Lakers were able to come back. LeBron James was ridiculous. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Lakers blocked 11 shots in this game. DeMontis Sabonis had 20-15-3. and three. Uh, but Miles Turner, Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, they combined for 24 points on eight of 31 shooting. Uh, you know, you can't lose this game if you're the Lakers, especially with Noah Ladebo playing Trey. They managed to pull this one out, but they once again, they give away a big lead. Man, that was rough to watch. I'm not even going to lie. It was one play Lonzo Ball made where he didn't want to shoot. He didn't even look at the basket. He turned, tried to pass it. and He jumped past over. in the, in the middle Yeah, of the lane. I was like, you know, I, 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 I don't know what's going on with this team. I mean, it's definitely frustrating. But, you know, luckily they survived to get a win with the Oladipo-less uh, Pacers. But I'm also happy that they beat this team while the Pacers were wearing those jerseys. Um, those jerseys are bad, man. They're even worse in person. I didn't think they could be worse than uh, yeah, having look on TV. They're, they're very bad. I mean, anything that says hickory, I just don't want any parts about. And <laughs> also that uh, it looks like KCP has found a shot again. So that's that's a good news for the for the Lakers. 
Yeah, Mays, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram had a, had a good flurry in this game. Uh, Josh Hart had a really nice game. You know, the young guys stepping up a little bit, but still not enough consistency to, to keep those leads and keep the, you know, keep the foot on the pedal. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's LeBron carrying the team on his back, but, but they, they're, they're about even with the Pacers in terms of record. And it's, it's just like, this is the Lakers team that we deserve. I think they're going to, they're going <laughs> to get up to a big lead and then they're going to give it away. And then they're going to pull it out in the end. Yeah, and, for, and on the Pacers side of it, Trey, you know, they still, they, even without all the depot, they still play really good basketball. Like they were terrible in the first quarter, but their defense locked down in the second and third quarter. And they really pushed the Lakers and made LeBron kind of take over in order to finish this game off. Well, you know, the other Bogdanovic is, is still effective and Sabonis is damn good, man. He's really he, good, man. He's really good. But I mean, it, it's genetic, man. It's genetic. And then the, <laughs> the thing that he's, the thing that he's, you know, he's added a three point shot that, that that's going to take his game to another level. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really going to keep an eye on, on this team. You know, of course, when, when they're shorthanded like this, it's kind of hard to, to stomach, but Overall, when they got Oladipo and those guys, and, and they're healthy, they're they're one of the, they're one of the best teams out of the East. Zach, let me ask you: uh, Should we be worried about Miles Turner? I mean, he like like I keep waiting for him to turn the corner, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But he is only twenty two. Yeah, like I I think they just need more around him. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be like a number two, number three guy, but he could like, he's definitely a starter in this league. And I think playing, I think they should find ways to play him with Sabonis more because those guys are so versatile that I think, I think Turner will be fine, but it's going to be, it's going to be some work to justify that contract. And in the other game of the night, Clippers 133, Kings 121. Clippers remain the best record in the Western Conference. Uh, Sam Amick reported before the game that at shoot around today, Dave Yeager asked assistant GM Brandon Williams to not be at shoot around before tonight's game. That feud still continues to boil over. Uh, Tobias Harris, 26 points, five rebounds, four assists. Shea Gilgis Alexander, 17, five and four, had two steals, had two blocks. Uh, the Kings, you know, they, they put up a fight in this one, but weren't able to overcome Montrez Harrell with 24 off the bench. Bogdanovich had 26. The other Bogdanovich had 26. Bagley had 18 and and 10 uh, off the bench for the Kings, but he had to leave the game due to back tightness. Uh, Trey, what did you see from this Clippers team? Man, the Clippers, they they get it done. Like, you know, they don't have a legit star, so they're kind of well-rounded, man. You know, like, you know, Tobias is supposed to be, I guess, their guy, but he, he isn't the household name yet. Um, I'm leaving the door cracked open for him, um, but you know, like so many guys contribute to this team's success. And I think that's why they're able to to succeed right now. You know, Gilgis Alexander is very good. Then you got, you know, the nucleus of Pat Beverly and Lou Williams coming off the bench. And then you got Montrez Harrell. Like right now, could you think about the bargain that they got these two guys for oh, this man. summer? You know, right now they're total of 14 million right now. And they're playing their hearts out. So like I mean, I don't even Mike, even Mike Scott, Emoji Scott is, is, is playing pretty well for this team. So, um, you know, a healthy Avery Bradley, I'm shocked to see that the, I would even be saying the, the first place Clippers. 
Yeah, and I mean, obviously that has something to do with the Warriors, you know, taking a step back with the injuries to, to Steph and Dre, but someone For had sure. to step up, and they're the ones that stepped up, right? Like, they're the ones that keep winning. They put up 133 points tonight, uh, Maze with this uh, this Kings team. Now they're back under 500. It's 10 and 11. There's a little bit of turmoil within the organization. They've won just four of their last 10 games. I don't want to say that now things are falling apart, but it's, I just don't want to – I don't want to lose the good vibes of this Kings team. Uh, I think they play. I th- they they look good tonight. Like De'Aaron Fox is a really exciting player, and they were throwing all kinds of crazy alley oops to uh, to Cauley Stein and, and Bagley. Like they were getting some really nice action where they'd have either Bogdanovich or uh, Fox get into the lane and then just throw it up, and those guys, those Kentucky guys, would go get it. Uh, there's a lot, or the Duke and Kentucky guy, excuse me. But there were two Kentucky point guards in this game, Gilgis Alexander and Fox, and they're both kind of like wiry, quick dudes. And it'll be it's you know the future's bright for both of them. It's it's pretty exciting. And Harrell is just he's a monster. He owned the paint in this game. Oh, the De'Aaron Fox play where he he split the double team. He went in. He mm-hmm. threw up the the oop to Bagley for that jam. Yeah. Like, that was so nasty. That was fun. Super tight. Fox. All right, guys. Line of the night. We've got three candidates. Kevin Durant, 51 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, and a loss. Kawhi Leonard, 37, eight and three, and a win. LeBron James, 38, nine and seven, in a win. Uh, Trey, who are you going with line of the night? I reward winners, so I'm going to go with LeBron James with 38, nine and seven, despite the uh, ugly finish. Mays, who you got? Give me KD. I mean, he he hit those beautiful shots to close up the third quarter. He hit the back-to-back threes to tie the game in the fourth. Like he was doing it all by himself. They were double teaming him. Give it to KD. Guys, I'm going to cheat. I'm going with Jay-Z for his verse off this new Meek Mill album. I'm giving it to him. Old Jay-Z sounded like he was back instead of being old Jay-Z. So that's my, that's my line of the night. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget about the mailbag on Friday. We had a nerd she wrote from Thursday. We got bomb on Monday. Uh, all kinds of stuff for you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to those feeds, the BLMM feed, the Daily Ding feed, Interceptable Pod, and, of course, the House of Strauss. Trey, send us home. Ding, ding.